0: Welcome to Change My Mind, the podcast that tackles real life issues that you can relate to. Each episode focuses on one specific topic with an expert to give you all the answers you'll need as you step out into this world. I'm Georgie Clark and this is Change My Mind. So today we have on Anna Williamson. She's a podcast host, therapist, dating coach on Celebs Go Dating and founder of The Relationship Place to talk on all things love and relationship. Firstly, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come and have this conversation with me today. You're a top guest for me, so this is oh, very exciting.
1: That's so, so kind, Georgie. Well, do you know what? When you reached out, I was like, actually, this is perfect because I'm an enormous fan of yours. So I'm so oh. happy to be having a good audience Old girly natter today.
0: I know. Thank you. So, basically, I feel like I hear you help a lot of people with their relationships. And when I knew you were coming on, I thought, I really want to know about your life. So, tell mm-hmm. me, where did your journey begin with becoming a dating coach? Did any of your own experiences influence you into this career? I want to know all about it.
1: But do you know what? And so much so. The shoes are coming off, Georgie. <laughs> I'm settling in. <laughs> we're having a proper natter. So, So yeah, I think particularly for most kind of coaches and therapists and and people like that, you tend to get into this profession, I think, not always, but a lot of people tend to get into this profession through their own experiences Mm -hmm. um, of things that they've been through, kind of light bulb moments, down in the trenches moments. And I sort of had all of those, you know, I consider myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on a bit now, you know, I'm 41 years old. But for me, it's all about life experience, really, that has brought me to where I am now. And I would say that I've reached a point in life where I am more curious. I think, uh, and more open to learning than I ever have been, and I think that comes with a level of maturity, mm-hmm. dare I say it, and sort of self confidence and self esteem to not feel like I have to, you know, I have to know it all because I really don't. You know, I've done a lot of learning, but there's still plenty more to come. And when it comes to dating and relationships and being a coach in general, you know, mental health is another huge area of mine, and that's really where it started. I had a, a massive mental breakdown in my mid-twenties, which was pretty horrible because I didn't really know what it was. Nobody really talked about mental health back then. And it was as a result of getting my own help, recognising that I was a people pleaser, recognising I was in a toxic relationship, which I was at the time, but I didn't really recognize it I couldn't Mm -hmm. I didn't know because no one no one teaches you this stuff at school right no Mm -hmm. one tells you right here's how to identify if you're with a complete wrong Mm -hmm. you know it, it doesn't happen and I know myself now to know what it can feel like to be coercively controlled and psychologically abused because I knew something wasn't right but I couldn't put a finger on it you know I couldn't put that label on it anyway mm-hmm. long story short it contributed to having a massive mental breakdown at work where I was working at the time in ITV I was hosting a very popular kids show and it was through my experiences then of actually having pretty empathetic colleagues that I got some help the power of therapy was just an absolute game changer for me I was like isn't therapy a bit embarrassing you know don't people Mm -hmm. like my great aunt you know go to a counselor when they've got (laughs) problems. and you know what this is why I'm on a mission in life now to you know to destigmatize therapy you know it is not a dirty word you know everybody Mm -hmm. needs to offload and be listened to and have a sounding board So anyway, due to therapy and I did have, you know, short term medication to help me at the time, I got back on my feet pretty quickly. And and there started my crusade, really, to wanting to know the tools behind the techniques. And so then I started in 2009. I started it was kind of my thing outside of telly at the time of broadcasting. It was kind of my other thing. You know, I was I was so in debt to how. Much better I felt, how much mentally stronger I felt, and I was actually living my best life as a result of having a breakdown, but then repairing myself again, and you know coming back massively stronger. That I wanted to learn how to a continue that and maintain that myself, but also help others, and and that's what I've done. And then that then segued into various modalities, and then dating in relationships was a, a natural area of interest. And having come out of a toxic relationship, I was very interested in that. You know, I also am very interested in role modeling, you know, positive relationships around me. And then Celebsco Dating came along. There was a, you know, right time, right place. Position came up to to take over on that show as one of the dating agents and the rest is history.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So like hearing that you have gone through, I mean, a lot of people have been in a toxic relationship before, but I know for me, a lot of my followers contact me. So I also had an experience in a toxic relationship. I've had three significant relationships in my life. And the last one really just totally changed me as a person. It was quite possibly the worst experience of my life. And I ended up going in and doing a lot of therapy after that. And I believe that it's yeah, like I'm not the same person I was before that relationship. People often ask me, they're like, what do you suggest for getting over heartbreak and this and that? And I, I did do some highlights on my page, but I would be interested to know like what your advice is to anybody who's going through heartbreak, not just from, you know, a very happy relationship where you've grown apart or this or that, but from particularly like a toxic relationship, what can people do for themselves to help themselves heal?
1: Yeah. So f- firstly, you know, it, it's very hard to identify and exit a toxic relationship. Well, it can be as hard as you make it. Mm-hmm. But I know myself that, you know, it isn't as easy as, you know, some people might go, oh, just leave. You know, now, that, that would be lovely and easy, wouldn't it? But often when you are in a toxic relationship, you have such a link with that person that it's, kind of, it's a learned behavior. And the learned behavior, almost this compulsion mm-hmm. to stay with them, takes over rational thinking. And change is scary for most people. That is why, you know, I know myself, you know, it is so much harder than just going, oh, we'll just leave it. Because often, and this sounds like such a contradiction, and it is, but there is a level of comfort from the familiarity Mm. of what you are in, if that makes sense. So often breaking out of that bubble of that familiarity, no matter how horrendous it might be, you have learned to survive within those walls and those boundaries, no matter how awful they might be, being told what to do, being told who you are, being told what you are, you know, what you like, what you don't like, how awful you are, this, you know, so actually to come out of that is really daunting, particularly, and this is the main part, If your self-esteem has been really knocked and typically in a toxic relationship, your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-confidence will have taken a battering. And that can be very difficult because then what you're asking to do and what you're needing to do then is remove yourself from a very negative environment, but with zero self-esteem. You know, that's almost impossible because it's the self-esteem and the self-confidence that you need to push you over, you know, that cliff to get Mm -hmm. out of that. But how do you do that if you're an absolute broken mess, rock bottom, and you've started to believe what you have been told? Very, very difficult to make that change. Please don't feel embarrassed or shameful or that it's your fault or that you've put up with something and, you know, all of, all of those feelings, okay, are just adding to your bullying. Okay. You're bullying yourself. Okay. So just try and remove that and take comfort in the fact that this isn't your fault. And I think that's what we need to remember. We've both been in this situation, Georgie, it isn't your fault. And in fact, if anyway, it's the complete opposite, your good nature, you know, who you are as a person has been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So, removing yourself, and then after coming out of a toxic relationships, really important to surround yourself with people that light you up. Okay, anyone around you that I call is a mood hoover. Get rid. Get a mood, mood hoover. I love around. that. I the good the mood hoover. They you know, suck the life out of you. <laughs> suck the yeah. energy out. You know what a good litmus test is for this as well. When you get a, a WhatsApp message or a phone call or a message from them, what's your instant reaction? How do you is feel? It, oh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you go? Oh, yeah. We can think of those people, Mm -hmm. right? That ping, and you go. Oh, you kind of smile, and you kind of, and you're quick to reply. And then there's those people that message, and you kind of go, oh. Yes, (laughs) Yes,
0: <laughs> I, I've and I've you, known those people on my phone. <laughs> right,
1: right. And you might either flick it to mute. You might even pop it in archive, or you might do the old classic. I'm not going to even open it so they can see I've read it because I don't want to mm. open it and I don't. I just want to ignore this person because right now I'm just not in that zone to. to so to that to, is know, such
0: dialogue. a good point because after my relationship, I I kind of look at it as a bit of a blessing now because it really taught me to get rid of the people in my life that were bringing me down because I, once I recognised it in my partner, my ex-partner I could then see when people were doing that to me also on a, on a much smaller yeah. level and now I can, my friends always joke like the friends who've been around me for a very long time but I'll do a bit of friendship admin like once a year and think am I getting anything from this friendship? How does this friendship make me feel and I'll slowly you know I never ever have these big up arguments so I'll just slowly back away and be like mm. this is not serving me anymore and often and when I do that, I then make space for all these amazing new friendships. And some have lasted long time. Some have come and gone, been for a short period. But that has been something since that breakup that has mm-hmm. become a part of my life now. And it's been really, really interesting to see how much happier I am in my friendships because of that.
1: Yeah. So even the worst situations we find ourselves in we can always find something that we've mm-hmm. learned from that. okay? Yeah. And to take it forward in a positive way, mm-hmm. um, learn something about ourselves, learn something about other people, learn something about the situation. And, and it sounds like you there, for example, and, and I'm the same. It's learning actually who who makes me feel good, who who is filling up my cup of energy and positivity mm-hmm. and my motivation, who is draining that. And, and it's really important to, to use that litmus test and to not feel any pressure or guilt, you know, about kind of reordering that hierarchy, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to announce it to the world. It's yeah. just within yourself. It's knowing what your own boundaries are and being confident in in saying what you will and won't do. And I think going back to the question about how do you come out of a toxic relation, build yourself up. Self esteem is a huge part of that. It's remembering who you are. Mm -hmm. So it's surrounding yourself with people that can help you regain that confidence, help you regain, you know, your USP and really getting to a point where you are happy within yourself.
0: Yeah, it's prioritizing and valuing your helping yourself because... You're going to be in a place where nobody can help you really but yourself. Nobody can get you feeling back to yourself. You're the only one that can do that, you know. But anyway, this brings me back to the toxic relationships where you said, you know, not feeling guilty or embarrassed about the situation. I know for me that when I left my relationship, the hardest part for me was forgiving myself for staying in the relationship for as long as I did. And also Mm -hmm. not trusting my gut because... I was seeing a therapist at the time, and she said to me, "Looking back now, could you tell from date one that something was off?" And mm-hmm. yeah, the answer was yeah. And what did I do? I yes. ignored it. Even date yes. two, you three, four, five, mm. I totally ignored. It. I pushed it down. I was like, "No, this is going to work. May this I, is going to be great." I ask,
1: may I ask what that flag was? You don't have to answer that. I'm just curious. Yeah. Do you know the
0: first the first date? He really struggled to keep eye contact with me and was around the room checking a lot. And I know, I know it seems insignificant and small, but it actually ended up being a massive thing because this person really struggled to, it's a long story short, for example, if I was crying, he'd get so angry at me and be like, "I I hate that you're crying. Like, why do you do this? You're so selfish. You know, whereas when I see someone cry, I feel empathy. I feel how compassion, how can I hug them and make them feel better? And even that thing of not being able to look me in the eyes and connect with me as a person, mm-hmm. it felt like something was missing. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's a huge flag. Yeah. That's yeah, a huge flag. It, lacking, it, lacking in empathy is a is a very big flag. Yeah. There.
0: And I could I could tell from his eyes. And I remember showing a picture of him to my mum, and she said, His eyes aren't smiling in that picture. And I said, What what do you mean? And she said, His face is smiling, but his eyes seem dead to me. There's nothing, no feeling, no empathy. And for someone, you know, if you cover his mouth like this, I was I looked at I thought, oh, my God, that is a total like a
1: wanted poster. A little bit.
0: Yeah, it was quite scary. So forgiving myself for ignoring all of those red Mm. flags. Well, I guess that's what we can call them was the hardest part of moving on for me I felt so upset with myself I don't know if you had the same thing in
1: your situation I did I did how what's the steps to forgiving yourself then so the steps to forgiving is one big one acceptance Mm -hmm. yeah accepting the situation for what it is for what it was and and that is it. And like I say as well, taking the learnings from that, I think, is also a huge part of it, because that way you can reframe that situation into something that will serve you in some way, hopefully positively, as opposed to just being a horrific, negative memory. Mm-hmm. And I think for my situation, back back in the day, I can really relate to that, and, and a lot of people I know can that come out of relationships. Like, damn it! Why did I? Damn it! I knew it! I knew it! And why did I put up with it? And why did I do that? And and there's this again. It's going back to this bullying of self again, which is which is important to recognise because really what you're doing is continuing the work of the abuser because so you're giving yourself a double hard time. For what? For what? For being a human being, for being mm-hmm. a decent human being. And I actually, I had my my moment. I was, <laughs> I call it my Bridget Jones moment. I happened to sort of work quite loosely with my particular person of, of conflict. And, you know, I'd got out the relationship. It had really contributed to this enormous mental breakdown I'd had. And uh, it was just a just a nasty piece of work, you know, was sort of skulking around, you know, mm-hmm. being a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was strong. I was strong. I'd been through some good therapy. I had some good people around me. I was, I was feeling good. I was eating healthily. I was working out. You know, all of this is really important to my mental health and self-esteem. Really, really important. And I remember I had see him at, at this place of work and I was so sort of peed off with myself. I was like, how did I put up with this? Like, really? Like, you know, him taking my phone in the middle of the night and, you know, waking me up angrily and, you know, just horrible, telling me that I was a, you know, S-L-U-T, you know, with what I was wearing, just like classic, classic, mm. you know, behaviour. And I went up to him. I was very brave and I was in this sort of public place and I just said, what do you want? what do you want why are you even here mm. that sort of stuttered and i just said and it was at that point georgie i've been to some good therapy but i'd forgiven myself mm. for being hard on myself for making a decision that didn't work out it wasn't even a bad decision it was just a decision that didn't work out you know i didn't know what love bombing was you know and all this sort of crap that i'd gone through but i'd learned so that's the learnings from that i said i'd just Go away. I said, I pity you. I said, because you nearly broke me, but you haven't. And just want you just to move on with your life and don't do it to anyone else, please. You know, and I just remember it was a mic drop moment and I genuinely felt this sort of light and relief as I walked away. (laughs) It was like that. And I was like, and it was at that moment I realized that actually, and then this takes a lot of a lot of mental strength, but I thank him now, Mm. not to his face, but I thank him. For that experience in my life, because it has taught me so much. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be now qualified in the areas of therapy that I am. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have to, to go dating. I wouldn't be here sitting here talking to you now on your podcast if I hadn't gone through that experience to be at a vantage point now where I can speak from personal and professional experience about having been in a, in an abusive relationship. And for that, I mean, it's a weird way of going about it, but that is the ultimate reframing. Um, and changing your mindset to a positive. So yeah, he was an absolute knob, but thank you because you've actually yeah. given me a really fulfilling career.
0: I can definitely relate to that. The reframing it, that was a big mm. part of my therapy important. was learning Very to important. reframe it. I, I look at myself when I used to go on dates. Like even if I look at the dates that I went on with on with him in the beginning.
1: I was and almost are giving... a bit more considered now on your dating.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness, it's totally mm-hmm. changed my view. I Do you know what? Did you know what it's done? It's protected me from similar behavior exactly. because exactly. there's one thing is that when you see that in someone and you see those characteristics in someone, you can't unsee it and you can also see it very clearly now. So for me, it's it's made me much more careful about who I give my time to and it's also maybe slow down the process of letting people in because I you know I know you mentioned love bombing before I mean he just hit me like a ton of bricks it was yes. like I love you I want to be with you did it and I thought oh my GIF, god this GIF, do this
1: do that yeah. Yeah, yeah and
0: actually somebody who is not like that and is you know I guess what you would consider a nice kind of person to date is really going to take that time to get to know you mm-hmm. and is not going to rush you would, it you would
1: hope so no and you would hope so and i know there are exceptions to the rule, obviously but i would say as well if someone is love bombing you it's recognizing that but equally then asking them to say can we just slow up a little bit like this yeah. is, this is and going- see how they react Absolutely. to it yeah. yeah exactly it is all in the reaction and the communication and if you said that to someone they may genuinely just really like you and just want to you know buy you handbags yeah. or take you out for dinner and stuff and be really super keen but if your reaction to that is can we slow things down please and reboundary and their reaction is absolutely no problem Mm -hmm. I'd stay in if their reaction is as you say a negative one That's a red flag. So it's important to check in. So it's using all of the evidence and also the future and the present and putting them into one big melting pot of your judgment. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. When we have worked on our self-esteem and our self-confidence, we have tuned up our ability to be judgmental in a positive and self-fulfilling way. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's really important we always work on ourselves first and foremost. You know, the old airplane analogy, put on your own oxygen mask for anybody else's. It is so true. If we aren't feeling in a good headspace ourselves, you know, we might make some bad judgments. Mm -hmm. So it's important to, if you feel that something is a bit flaggy, a bit icky, check in on that. And it's all about the response you get.
0: Those check-ins have become a big part of my dating life now. So in my notes app, if anyone ever saw it, it would be mortifying. But it's literally self-check-ins after a date. I'll take the time, even good. if it's five minutes, to sit down and just feel, how did I feel about this? How was this? How do-? like When you're a people pleaser, you often are never stopping to think about mm-hmm. what your experience was. It's always, right. did they have a good time? Did they enjoy my company? No, no, no. I need to sit down and think about, did I enjoy my time? Did I enjoy their company? Does this person feel like a good match for me? And the other thing that I definitely stopped doing, when I think back to the sort of ex that was very toxic, I basically gave him a handbook of what I wanted. He said to me, what's your ideal partner? What are you looking for? And I was like, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. Do you know what he did? All of those things to suck Mm -hmm. me in. Mm -hmm. Now, when somebody says to me, what are you looking for? I say... I'd rather just let someone show me who they are. And then I can decide whether we are compatible. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to ask you what you want. I mean, obviously you can say things like general, like humour is important to me or like Mm. spending a lot of time with someone. But I'm not going to tell someone the key characteristics anymore. I want them to be me. And -hmm. if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And that has been a lifesaver for me since that relationship.
1: And, And how has that, and how has that gone? Like, how has that been received to the people that you've dated? I can tell for people, they say, oh, I just
0: can't read you. I don't, I, you know, da, da, right. da, and and then I think, okay, well, that's, that's concerning for me. Or sometimes people can be quite pushy with it. But actually, I'm currently dating someone at the moment and we've been dating for about a month now and I haven't given him anything of what I like or this or that. Da, 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 and so far it's going really well. I've been doing my check-ins and so far I'm like, this person's, you know, passing with flying colours. I don't understand. Well,
1: well, well this is great.
0: if I go back to sort of how I felt in the relationship with the ex, it was like a roller coaster every day. And I'm going to come full circle with this, but when I was in that relationship, it totally reminded me of my parents' relationship growing up. And I don't think I'd realised that I'd literally got into a relationship and he he was mirroring both both my parents' marriage, basically. Like up, down, up, down, up, down every single day. And that... I think you mentioned it feels familiar. That's the familiarity to me. I was like, this reminds me of what it was like growing up. Was that similar for you and your experience? I don't know whether your parents are uh, together, divorce. Did that have an impact on how you behave in your relationship and kind of the people that you attracted?
1: So my parents have been married for fifty years. Mm-hmm. Um, they celebrated their golden wedding anniversary a few months ago, which was Aww. lovely. And I came from a very secure, if we talk about attachment styles, and that's very in vogue at the moment, I I would say I forged a very secure attachment style. I came from, you know, a very loving family where there were good boundaries in play. It was a very non-conflict family. I mean, sure, we had our moments, you know, but nothing that was everlasting. You know, it was a very secure family environment. And then when it comes to relationships, I've always been a nurturer. I, I came from a very nurturing family. It's a very giving family emotionally and we all wear our heart on our sleeve and I am that person in the relationship, sometimes to my detriment, because I can go into rescuer mode mm-hmm. and have been in the past, you know, people, please a rescuer, nurture, I'm a cancer, cancerian Leo, you know, boom. And I think for me, when I was in that abusive relationship, it was, it was a real shock to me because I, you know, as blinkered as I was, I didn't really know they existed. Like, you know, I saw mm-hmm. it about it on, you know, EastEnders once. Yeah. But I didn't really know, you know, I'm a very privileged person. I am so eternally grateful. Do you know how many times I thank my parents? Like probably every week for just everything they've ever done for my brothers and me. Because I see so much around me where people just haven't been as fortunate. And I don't mean with money or anything like that. When I say privileged, I mean privileged with love and support and sounding boards. And I genuinely attribute, this sounds really big headed and I hope it doesn't come across, But any success anyone might think I have achieved, I genuinely attribute to the way I've been brought up and to having a very solid family around me who have been always there to help and support and nurture. I mean, you all know working in this weird and wonderful world of of media and broadcasting is precarious. And I would never have been able to do that and, you know, be stable, I don't think, without having that foundation behind me. And that has typically led to, yeah, the kind of guys that I've, you know, I've met and, you know, I'm married now and I'm married to someone who's number one value was family as well as mine so you know the writing was on the wall yeah
0: that's that's so nice to hear because I I always struggle with that because I my like I said my parents did not have that relationship from a young age I mean I think that they had split up and got back together three or four times by the age I was twenty one. Quite so,
1: disruptive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They are divorced now and much happier, but you know, I'm an adult now, so it doesn't really impact well, me all that much. The, the, you
1: know, a lot of people do come from from families that haven't followed a linear path. And yet the beauty of that is is to always remember that you have a choice. You have a choice to either follow that or you have a new path to follow. And it's important, like if I was with someone in therapy or in coaching, it's to help them understand that this is their life now and that they can create those family bonds and relationships that they want to. And they can, again use the learnings Uh from their evidence that has affected them and turn it into something where you might not always be able to turn it into a positive if it's been horrific, but you can turn it at the very least into a learning. And I think that is a much more palatable headspace to be in when you're trying to then forge your own life and your own relationships.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. If I think about the learning that I have had from my parents' relationship, if I think about when I was little growing up, their relationship was the most important aspect for them. And I think about me as like a little girl and I I wasn't able to ever share what was going on with me. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to have feelings. I wasn't allowed to be upset. I wasn't allowed to have emotion right. because it would take away from the drama of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I took that into my relationships where I never felt like I, I just, my worst nightmare was feeling like I was a burden to someone. I did yeah. not want to burden them with my bad day or that I had needs or I had wants. And I really pushed all of that down and prioritized Mm -hmm. the other person. Mm -hmm. What I've learned now from their relationship and from that bad relationship that I had is that I need to be I need to prioritize myself. And it's not a bad thing to be able to say, I need this from you. I want this Mm -hmm. from you. Mm -hmm. And in a way, being authentic to who I am as a person and my experiences and what's going on, I feel is now changing the people that I'm going with, because I'm not pretending to be something that I'm not anymore.
1: You've gone for gold there, you know, and that's it about being authentic. And because you're not embarrassed about being authentic, you're not worried about the repercussions of being authentic. Because guess what? Here's the thing. If you're not authentic, how on earth can you expect the person you're with to be authentic? Yeah. Because actually, does anyone know anybody then? Well, they're not going to really
0: know you, are they? Right.
1: And you're not going to really know him. Yeah. So this is why it is so important. This is why we say with dating, you know, cut the bullshit from the minute you have your dating profile because you're wasting your time and you're Mm -hmm. wasting everybody else's time because there is somebody out there that's going to love you warts and all quirks and weirdnesses you know there's going to be someone out there but if you're going to have to if you're putting up an inauthentic you know perception of yourself to someone you're going to attract someone that's inauthentic as well and then Mm -hmm. nobody actually knows who anybody is yeah it's a waste of time Be authentic. Own you. Own your scars.
0: Yeah. And it's a genuine bond then because you're really knowing each other. I also feel like with this guy in the beginning, he did say to me, he was like, there's one word and I feel like it's really, you come across really genuine. Like you're not hiding anything. And he was like, it makes me feel like I can be the same with you. And I was like, that is so important because then you're both on the same playing field. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. playing games. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're literally just being who you are and understanding whether you enjoy the time together.
1: Yes. So he's given you his little bid there and said, you know, thank you. He appreciates you being genuine. So Mm -hmm. that's your little cue then to go, Okay then it will be a little bit more genuine little piece <laughs> by piece by piece yeah. know, just to put it in because that's great because you're both vocalizing it and this this sounds like a really really positive dating situation right now
0: yeah I dated two people back in the summer and the only thing that I took away from it was that I almost felt like I was forcing myself to like these people mm. and I there is a part that I do feel that I took away from that bad relationship which was I almost was in a bit of a state of disassociation. And I almost felt like I wasn't interested in getting to know anybody. But maybe that was me being in a, I don't know if you went through that as well, but being a bit protective and having a shell around me and thinking, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let anybody in because it's not safe yet.
1: Right. And that's part of the grieving process, you know, and I would say you weren't ready. You weren't ready. And that's okay. Because, you know, that's what time is there for. You know, I do really believe in time healing. And don't force it. You know, yeah. you, you talked about instinct earlier. You know, our head, our heart and our instinct. Always go with the instinct. Always. Yeah,
0: your gut never lies to you is what I've realized. It
1: doesn't. It really you doesn't. You can
0: definitely trust it. Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. this brings me on to kind of
0: my next point. When you met your husband, I guess your gut instinct was like, this person is is good. This person, you know, is we're aligned with our values and this and that. What's like three things that you could give to the listeners to say how you've managed to make your relationship successful with your husband
1: that a a relationship takes work Mm -hmm. never take your foot off the gas you know the minute that you've got the ring on the finger don't think oh that's it now no a relationship takes work every day it's about listening listening is so so important it's about active effective communication it's about respect and respecting that we change and that we evolve But as we evolve, coming back in together to make sure we are on the same track, you know, heading Mm -hmm. to the same destination. So I would say it's not really three there. That's kind of a a mishmash. (laughs) But I would say, you know, communication is everything. I would also say the power of the pause. We all have arguments. Pausing can be your best friend in those moments. Before you say or do something that you might regret or that you can't take back or that might be in the heat of the moment, pause. And, you know, the art of the pause isn't always, you know, we don't often have the self-control to be able to action that. So then sort of my final point would be never underestimate the power of an apology. Yeah. And an apology saying, I'm sorry. And the important bit without a follow-up of, but, because that's not an apology. Yeah. I'm sorry, but actually you were really annoying. You know, that's not an apology. Okay? Yeah. That's a defense. I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of an apology when it's needed. It takes
0: quite a lot of self-awareness for people to be able to do that. It took me a long time to learn how to say I'm sorry and actually really mean it, oh you know, because you, I have been with someone in the past who I feel would just say sorry to shut me up. <laughs> but right, I don't think right. he ever really meant it or felt it. Right. Well, yeah, it was just like yeah. to get me off his case, like, can we move on now? And yeah. I think in that instance, like you said, with listening, you can someone can kind of be listening to you, but are they actually hearing what you're saying? Are they taking on what what you're basically giving them and saying this is how i feel about this
1: so a tip and a technique for that is to in those moments so you you can tell that you're each listening to each other and it's a really good way to try and put yourself in the other person's shoes because it can be very hard to do that is to repeat back what you think you've heard okay so if you said you know if we're having a ruddy great argument georgie and you're just like oh my god you know i just feel so frustrated and peed off and you're doing this and blah blah blah, blah, blah i'll go okay so what I've heard right now is that you're feeling really angry. I can hear that you you feel it's my behavior that's causing it. So that, that way, that way you can at least start to just see how that person might be feeling. You don't have yeah. to like it or agree with it but that is a way that you can then at least ensure that you have heard or that person feels heard. So that's a very, very useful take. I am
0: definitely going to take that away. Yeah. That's, I've, yeah, I've, t- I've literally learned so much from talking to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and have a chat with me.
1: Well, thank you. That's so sweet. And it's been actually very cathartic to be able to talk about it today. So thank you, truly. And this is the thing. This is why I always go on about, you know, coaching and therapy, because you never know until you've had these lovely conversations that you needed it yeah until you finished it and you know what I think I needed this today did you yeah I I definitely did as well so thank you you. (laughs) (laughs) so thank you
0: (laughs) is there anything that you want to plug I know that you mentioned the relationship place that you're doing it sounds amazing Um, thank you where can people find it is it via your instagram
1: so, I mean, I would just encourage anyone that it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on for you in your relationship. We all go through ups and downs, crap times, good times, worrying times, eek times. I really have got, I hope, the solution for you. It's The Relationship Place. It's the relationship place at relationshipplace.co.uk or it's just at The Relationship Place on Instagram. There's videos, tips, advice, help. There's a community there on Facebook as well if you want to join that, where everyone you know talks and supports and I help moderate that as well. So it's really a place just to go, you know what, I had a flipping great argument with my partner at the weekend. I feel like poo I feel like I want to jack it all in should I you know what that's what we're there for to help you. guess what we've all got relationships one way or another and we need to be more open and honest about them without throwing in the towel
0: I'm definitely going to check it out especially with this new guy if there's any pumps in the road I'm going to be like we need to we definitely need to come and check this out Um, okay thank you so much I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast today I hope you've taken away some really great pieces of advice from Anna thank you again and
1: we'll see you soon thanks Georgie (laughs)